Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Three Pricks and a Podcast. And yes, just to be clear, it is pronounced pricks because we're childish like that. Our end of season goal was to deliver a fun, light-hearted chat about all things Formula One, recapping each and every race weekend and treating you to our very own hot takes and hopefully not to inane ramblings. And who are we? Well, I'm your host, Rich, the self-proclaimed Paddy Lowe of the podcasting world, and joining me in what I'm told is his career debut in the commentary box, it's Mark. How you doing, Mark? I'm great, thanks, Rich. Um, thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to, to moving this one forward. It's obviously interesting times right now, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited for this. That's great. No, thank you for coming on. And we're not alone. The third and final prick is a good friend, author and seasoned podcaster. It's Andrew. How you doing, Andrew? Hello, I'm good. Uh, I, I was going to say I feel offended by being called a prick, but I've been called a prick so many times uh, over the past uh, six to 12 months that I'm just used to it now and it just seems like the norm, so it's, it's fine. Yeah, as long as it's not just us, that's important. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> good, good. So, yeah... Um, I think before we crack on with other stuff, I think we should uh, wind the clock back a bit and get to know each other and share when we first started watching Formula One. Um, so, Mark, I'm going to start with you. Um, when did you start watching and uh, what was it that made you a fan? Uh, honestly, I probably started watching before I can remember. Um, my dad was a fan. Um, my first memory is probably 1988. Uh, and sitting in a, a Adrian Newey designed Leighton House, um, the Marina Leisure Centre in Great Yarmouth. Um, so, um, you know, I didn't really know what it was all about then, um, but did keep watching and followed through the Mansell years, through the Hill Schumacher years, and have kept it up ever since. So, yeah, it's 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 been part of my life probably ever since I was born. Amazing. So what, you've been, what, five when you started watching? Uh, yes. Thereabouts? So, yeah, five, five or six, yeah, definitely. Yeah. My maths is awesome. not, not my strong point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you started earlier than me then, um, but yeah, I'll talk about myself in a minute. Um, Andrew, I do believe you're a, a little bit of a late bloomer, shall I say, with the Formula One fandom? Yeah, <laughs> um, a little bit. Um, I mean, I only really started um, watching at all last year, um, and that was kind of uh, kind of old year reviews. I think I watched 2015 and a few other races, and it's, I mean, I've kind of got into it because motorsport has become uh, something I've started to enjoy over the past maybe five years. I kind of got into rally um i've always been into it kind of secretly but nobody else i knew was so i kind of didn't didn't really uh it didn't really develop until recently when i stopped giving a shit about what other people thought um and <laughs> so uh, yeah so f1 um a, a few of my friends really enjoy it and um i thought i'd go oh, what's all the fuss about so i started watching and i was like oh okay yeah it's, it's pretty good actually it's uh, it's just so much um what's the word for it it's uh, it's more exciting than rally um, in a lot of in a lot of ways. There's a lot more going on, and all of the stuff in the in the background, all the personalities. So yeah, um, this this year, 2020, will be the first year that I watch live the whole season. You hope so. Yeah, yeah. as it stands at the moment, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Great season to jump on at, but we'll see. Um, 
Yeah, for me, myself, um, it was weird with me. It was one of those things I was in school and like when you had a lot of friends and you had your own interests, I actually had my best friend who was massively into motorsport and it was one of those things I kind of gravitated towards because I wanted to have something else to chat with him about. And the first race I watched happened to be uh, the Belgian Grand Prix in 1998, which was, to many people, one of the most action-packed insane Grand Prix in recent times um, and from the rain that first corner smash and then basically seeing Jordan get the 1-2 um, I mean for me I, the teams, the drivers didn't mean a great deal outside of Damon Hill but I like an underdog and Jordan were yellow and that's my favourite colour so I rooted for them and then ever since that race I've uh, I've watched and yeah, I bloody love it. So never thought I'd do a podcast about it, but yeah, yeah. here we go. So it's going to be very, very fun indeed. Stars have aligned. There you go. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, so now we've got that out of the way, I think we should probably dive into this upcoming season and address the uh, big toilet roll hoarding elephant in the room. <laughs> uh, and that is the possibility of um, race cancellations and everything that's happening with the mm. Australian Grand Prix at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So. It, 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 it's a strange one right now, isn't it? Because, you know, we've had McLaren pull out this morning. Um, and, you know, the word, if you believe everything you hear, and as many reputable outlets are reporting right now, the race will be cancelled. Mm-hmm. Yet there's still no official word on that from the FIA or from Liberty. And it's what getting on for 9am, is it, in Australia now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So curfew will be lifted in 10 minutes. Mechanics <laughs> will be at the track to work on the cars. Yeah. Mm. We still don't know if the race is going to go ahead or not. It's it's a very strange situation. Um, yeah, I'm, it really I is. Mean, I do think, and obviously, I, I mean, fair play to him. He didn't mince his words, but I do think Lewis Hamilton basically hit the nail on the head. It, it is strange there, and the reason they've not committed to any kind of announcement yet is simply down to cash. Mm. It's 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 horrible, but it's the reality of it. Um, yeah, we're not a million miles away from the Bernie Exton era. Still, it's still very much about the money, and uh, yeah, it's not too good a look. But yeah. it's it's kind of about the fans as well, though I suppose, because there's going to be a lot of people who've probably paid a fair bit of money to go and have kind of made travel plans who are there mm. at this very moment. It's not like it was, you know, it's not like we've got two weeks until the Grand Prix. It is, mm. t- you know, today technically in Australia is today, so that it begins. So all the fans are already there. So I guess you know they've got to take that into consideration as well as the money. Mm. There's all these people that are going to have to pretty much just go home. Um, which isn't a good look either Um, and it's whether or not they kind of put on a show for the fans who are already there um, or kind of give them their money back and tell them to sod off I suppose Absolutely but you know how how did it get to this point you know Mm. you look at the tail end of pre-season testing in Barcelona there were already restrictions in the Ferrari factory around where staff could go Mm, um, how they you know they they there were struggles to get certain parts to the track for testing because they couldn't get them out of Italy and into Spain. Mm -hmm. And this was what, four weeks ago, middle of February. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, formula one's not helped itself by not making a decision. I think. 
No, I mean, again, I mean, like Andrew said, there's so many things to factor into it. Um, I think what makes it worse, I mean, I, I, it's probably a reason why they're actually still kind of dragging their feet a bit is the fact that it is the opening round, not like with China where it's like delayed. It, the fact it's the first race, it's not just like race four, race five. I think mm, yeah. it just has more of an impact on the season. Um, True. I mean, what the show's not even started, and, and it's already it's like it's just thrown the season up into the air. Um, it, it it is, but you factor into that that you know we already know that race two, if that were to go ahead, is behind closed doors. China race four already cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a difficult one, and you know it there's lots of things going on everywhere at the moment and and i just my point of view is i i, I understand that there's the money there's the fans and there's, there's everything else that, that goes with that but you know everyone's looking a little bit silly now the morning <laughs> of, of first practice and we don't know if it's going ahead or not i mean yeah the only thing i want to factor in is i mean if they do run um will it be like what Ross Braun kind of touched upon is it going to not be for any kind of championship points because if McLaren's not there then by rights I don't think it should be contested for you know it shouldn't actually count towards the actual table because mm. they're not it's not McLaren's fault <laughs> that's true has anything like this happened before where where a manufacturers had to kind of pull their their team from a race but it continued I'm, I'm i'm completely new so i don't know if that's something that's ever happened before or not if this is unprecedented it's probably the uh, u.s grand prix isn't it mark <laughs> so technically the team started that race didn't they yeah um, true, true um they just all drove into the pit lane at the end of the formation lap yeah. the only I, I guess the last time i can remember a car not running and i'm sure it's probably happened since the last time i can remember and it, it was williams and williams didn't run a second car in the monaco grand prix in 1994 but they still attended and damon hill still raced mm-hmm. um did we have a situation where one of the new teams didn't start the season? Mana, oh, Marussia, and possibly. they entered from the second race. Um, again, that was for uh, something in the back of my mind is is saying that there was there was one of the new teams that potentially was it HRT. That's I'd have to Google that because it's. When you said Manor and Marussia, it did start to ring a bell a bit. I don't think it was HRT, but I can't remember. <laughs> uh, like... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it, one of those new teams. One season may uh, they may have threatened it. I can't remember if they actually carried through with it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of talk then. So I mean, this was what, ten years ago, maybe. I mean, how how do you? I mean, you know, obviously, this seems fairly unprecedented that, that the entire team's pulled out before the race even begun. But then, like you said, it's it, if if the race doesn't go ahead, that that's fair enough. Everybody's then on level pegging again. But if it does go ahead and McLaren aren't on level pegging because they've missed a race and nobody else has, how do they fix that? Like like you say, Rich, do they just not have any points scored, or do, does that does this mean that like every team has to sit out a race for the you know one race the rest of the year? So like, how how do, how do you make that right? Uh, you know, I, and, and I I almost feel like not scoring points for the GP seems like a, a silly way of doing it because then it just seems well yeah. why, why not just cancel it then? Because if nobody's scoring points, 
it's just for show it's just it, you know it's literally just for show in that case and it, it means nothing mm. which seems odd i mean i'm trying to remember has there ever been like an exhibition race um contested before i don't remember <laughs> there have been non-championship races yeah. so there were back in the 70s 80s when there was this the the whole issue between what was then the rights holder and and the 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 team's association there were races held um where certain teams decided not to enter and they were classified as non-championship races okay but we're we're talking way before any of us started watching Mm. yeah definitely (laughs) big time i mean so yeah in terms of um, people that actually have being confirmed as having coronavirus we've got the one team member from mclaren um and i'm just wondering if as the season goes on are we going to actually uh find out there's any other people in the paddock that are <laughs> yeah proved positive i mean they said there was one local photographer um but at the moment they don't know the results so mm. shows it's still up in the air it is but they i mean they've tested other people haven't they because the they tested like four people from Haas, i think is that right yeah and yeah they all tested negative so you know if that's if that's the case at least they're kind of doing their due diligence now <laughs> and, and getting people tested um and it sounds like you know that that might play a factor in whether or not they go ahead as well because you know if they've already basically quarantined people who they believe um could be infectious who who could uh, spread the the virus then uh, you know the people who are left pretty much if as long as they're careful as long as they follow the kind of guidelines and restrictions that you know people have set in place you're washing your hands lots of hand gel everywhere mm. if you can find it because it seems to be short supply everywhere um then i don't see a huge reason why the race shouldn't go ahead but, but then you know that's me just thinking of the teams and that's not even taking into consideration all the fans who will be kind of like you know mingling and potentially spreading the virus um which which makes uh, the next race that's behind closed doors seem um much better planned now that you think about it because if there's no yeah. fans there at least at least then that side of things isn't going to be as bad i suppose yeah. a- absolutely uh, the, the part of it I'm, I'm sort of split down the middle at the moment i'm like well everyone's there now they mm. might as well race but then it's like actually you're gonna have what eighty thousand fans there you've mm. got all of the other people that support that and you've got you know and, and you just sort of think actually you know are there team members not yet displaying symptoms that are then going to be in close proximity to others mm-hmm. um and, and you sort of think well actually maybe it shouldn't go ahead but it, it, it really is a tough one to call and you know i'm I'm glad i'm not part of that decision making process (laughs) absolutely yeah so what so we know bahrain is obviously behind closed doors china is is effectively being cancelled um apparently vietnam is still going going to go ahead at this point even though it's only what 100 miles from the border of china um yeah so chase carey was flying into australia this morning from vietnam that's what before we started recording what i'd read is that the reason they've not made any official announcement is they were waiting for him to arrive and he hadn't arrived because he was over in vietnam looking at things to help form any decisions they may may take about that race 
I mean, I'll just be interested to see if, yeah, so as the season goes on, are we going to see more races impacted? I mean, it is completely, there's no real educated guess at this point, I guess, but. <laughs> True. I mean, the, the best thing that it seems like at the moment is, you know, obviously there's a lot of people who are involved in the race itself, but that's a lot less than the number of fans who turn out to watch. The The, the next best thing would seem would be to, you know, make sure everybody's fine in terms of the the race teams and, you know, anybody who's needed to broadcast the races and, and just do everything behind closed doors um, until everybody's absolutely certain. And then, you know, people can still watch on the television. They could set up, um, you know, if, if people wanted to, they could set up um, screens somewhere. I don't know. It's, it, it, it makes sense to continue. They can't cancel. They can't continue to cancel races. One, because it would be terrible for business for them. But two, because people would probably riot because there's a lot of people who love F1. Um so I don't know, maybe they just should follow the, the Bahrainian uh, lead and uh, everybody else who's worried about it should just do it behind closed doors and just do as much screening as they can for the people who are actually involved in the in the race itself. Absolutely. I think, you know, there's there's been a number of football matches tonight played behind closed doors. I think, mm. you know, both Manchester United and Wolves may have played behind closed doors in, in their European games. Um there, there has to be a balance and you know um the longer this goes on then the more you have to question well actually if the season doesn't start until end of april or the start of may at what point do you say there isn't a 2020 season or it is just a series of non-championship races which then in turn leads to the money the teams have spent this year which is the last year of this set of rules, do they delay the 2021 regulations because the 2020 cars didn't race? There's a whole load of questions that could come off the back of this, and it's going to be an interesting year, I think. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, this is a bit controversial opinion of mine. Maybe it's saying I'm completely wrong, but in terms of sports, I've never really felt that at least not Formula One, I've never felt like it's really... Say, like, for instance, you watch a football match, that's very much impacted by the actual sound, the visual of the fans. I've never, during a Grand Prix, apart from maybe a few choice moments, really felt and heard the crowd. So I don't know how jarring it would be to actually watch a Grand Prix with empty grandstands. Obviously, it got to be there, especially after the checkered flag, you've got all the roaring crowds. But during a race... I don't know how weird it actually will feel to watch and if they can actually just get away with it for, you know, several races. I think you're right. I think from from a a selfish point of view, sat here at home watching it on the TV, I don't think it would make that much difference. Um, It is interesting, though, um, the amount of times that you hear drivers talk in interviews in that, you know, they can hear the crowd reacting to things around Mm. the circuit. Mm. Um, And from a driver's point of view i can imagine it being quite strange because even though you're not there and paying attention to them as such you are aware that they are there you are aware that they're reacting Mm. and you know you jump out of that car after a win who do you turn to to celebrate other than your team you know there's nobody there on the podium um I think that would be the biggest impact, and that would be on on the drivers. Um, it would be a very strange experience, I would would imagine. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the only thing I could think of that was near it was um, was last season, and Carlos Sainz 
third place podium finish that kind of what was it lewis hamilton had points uh docked so therefore uh swapped places essentially with uh with carlos and they um because it was so late on he was uh on the podium basically with his team and nobody else so that's <laughs> yeah. what we that's what we'd be seeing basically which was technically not a bad thing but uh there's you know they have huge teams but yeah it would be weird not seeing the crowd kind of flood the uh the track uh for podium it would be a bit odd not to see that i suppose Definitely, and, and from personal experience, though, it would be a lot safer if you're not flooding the track because there's no one yeah. to knock you on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I guess we should probably move on from that because it's a bit depressing. Um, let's just pretend, for instance, okay, the season's actually going to go ahead as planned. Australia, everything's normal. Um, what are our predictions, anyway, for the Australian Grand Prix, should it happen? Like, normal race day, just what do you guys think? I, I was before McLaren pulled out. I was I would have said that McLaren was going to do pretty well, <laughs> but yeah, true. I, that's I, not one two. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you there. I I had money on Carlos Sainz to finish on the podium. Oh, wow. um, so um, yeah, that's not going to happen now. Um, by the, but even if the race goes ahead, that won't happen no. because we know McLaren won't be there. Um, but beyond beyond that, I can't see anything other than a Mercedes 1-2 probably <laughs> with Red Bull not too far behind mm. um, and and I guess the interesting thing for me is actually is the Ferrari as bad as everyone thinks it is after pre-season testing um, have they been holding it back I don't know um, you know everyone thought they looked fantastic last year in pre-season testing yeah. and then came out and were half a second behind <laughs> this season it, they look like they're more than half a second behind so does that actually mean when they get on the track everyone's going to be relatively close I'd like to think so from a spectacle point of view because mm. I'd like to see three teams battling it out um, for a race win um, you know I think Lewis and Max and Charles could have very good um, good battles but a lot of it's down to machinery isn't it um in in terms of how they hit the ground running we all know that come the middle to the end of the year they will have normalized and and caught up with each other it it's mm. it's just this unknown which is which is why i always get excited for that first race of the season yeah. because you never know year on year whether it will be the same to you know the pressure's been on mercedes now for a good number of years to deliver a new car um, that performs as well or better than last year's and then you get are oh, Ferrari gonna get better can Red Bull rediscover the form of the Vettel and Weber days or will somebody come from left field you know will will McLaren um, be back to 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 the team that that we probably remember from from, from the 90s um, and, and and the early 2000s it it's all the excitement of that first Grand Prix and mm-hmm. It was really building for me this week, and I, you know, now we're in this position where I'm going to have to contain myself by the looks of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, no. there are a couple of there are a couple of um, teams that I mean. So Renault last year didn't do anywhere near well. They didn't get close at all um, after um, signing Ricardo 
and yeah, he's obviously they, he was a two-year contract, so he's back again this year. So I'm hoping that they do a bit better because Ricardo has a lot of. I mean, he's shown a lot of promise. He was he was huge when he was in uh, Red Bull. Uh, so quite what happened with with Renault, I don't know. So I'm kind of hoping to see a bit more from them this year. And um, it, I think this is all this is all down to um, the um, what's the name of the Netflix show again? Um, Drive, Drive, Drive to survive. survive. Drive to survive. This is all down to that and seeing um, the Williams side of things, knowing how big they were. I really hope that they can kind of get out of the bottom. Um, even if they can just get to, you know, maybe 16, 15, something like that. Uh, you know, kind of the back of the mid pack. Um, but they, I just, they just need, they need a break, I think. And uh, it's been too long since they've, they've had, you know, something to celebrate. And I think that they, from what I've seen of them, from what I've seen of of the team, I think they they, they deserve it at this point. So I, I, it's not a prediction, but it's kind of a a little bit of a want, a, a wish that they that they they get off the bomb just just for a change. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very much cheerleading for Williams. I mean, I've got so much respect for George Russell as well, and I felt like it, in some ways, even though it was only limited appearance in the Netflix show, he kind of came off a bit of a bad guy. I think very demanding mm. new driver. <laughs> True. So, which he isn't at all. I think he's one of the most mature drivers I've seen in like a long time, and he's so young. It was his rookie season, and he just mm. I don't know, he just seems a really commanding presence in the team. And I really hope it's a good year for Williams this year. I mean, I think as the season went on last year, Kubica kind of became quite a negative force. He seemed very, I mean, it's, it's good a driver's outspoken. Absolutely, have to be, but. I think it kind of just wore Williams down as the year went on. Kibitza wasn't happy, they weren't happy, and Absolutely. it just became quite toxic. Mm. And I think Latifi yeah, no. is going to be very happy to be there this year, and I hope he impresses. Absolutely, and I think, you know, it, it, it it's a good opportunity for that. You know, we've look, look back even at Williams' recent history. He had Stroll getting a podium in his debut season with them. You had Maldonado winning a Grand Prix with them. You know, this is not all that long ago. Um, and, you know, certainly as I was growing up and, and really into it at, at, a, at a younger age, they were the team or mm-hmm. one of the teams to beat. They were always innovating, pushing the boundaries of the rules. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it, it's just... Yeah, and a lot of it is down to money and, and, mm. and that sort of thing. But it has, you know, tailed off over the last decade for them. And and, and it's it's sad to see. So, yeah, mm. I really hope that, that they can they can bring themselves up a bit um, this year. I think if not this year, then with the new rules next year, they probably have stand a bit of a better chance. And uh, not only not only because of the, uh, the the rules on spending, but also the fact that a lot of um, drivers' contracts are up at the end of this year. So there's a potential there that maybe they could secure themselves um, somebody uh, with a bit of a pedigree behind them. I know Williams kind of like to uh, kind of get the new the new guy in the the, the up and comers and kind of uh, you know train them and get into their best but it, 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 it i don't know it feels like maybe they could do with a seasoned a seasoned f1 driver um to maybe get them back to where they need to be and maybe that with that and the uh the level playing field money wise they, they might be able to do it so if they could if they could get on their way there this year maybe next year could be their year yeah definitely and i think that that experience thing does does play a lot into that you know and, and has something 
that they've tried and tested again in 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 the recent past. You know, mm-hmm. they they partnered Massa with Stroll, um, mm-hmm. uh, with, with with the aim of an experienced driver and a youngster. They they learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, next year, driver market. Well, this summer onwards will will be interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely. So I was trying to think what other teams now. I mean, Alpha Tauri, I'm quite intrigued by. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm going to keep a close eye on them. They are kind of, to some in some ways, kind of my team deep down because I just really root for both Gasly and um, Kvyat. I just <laughs> I see them as the uh, unloved stepchildren of uh, Red Bull, and I just yeah, I have to cheer them. I thought Red Bull kind uh, of the bad guys, in my eyes, even as much as I love the staff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and spiritually, you know. I still look at them as the Minardi team from way back in the nineties. Absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, I was watching, which I forget what um, what Grand Prix I was watching this afternoon, and seeing the European Minardis during the um, Stoddart era. I, I love that. Yes, guy. Love Mark Webber and Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Just ah yeah. oh, dear. I know. Yes, no. I, I'll always Very pretend they're Minardi. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and, just, and also, I, actually, Al, sorry, I was going to say, yeah. Al, Alfa Tori seemed to have the best-looking car in terms of livery this year as well, which mm-hmm. is always a big win in my book. I can't sing the praises too much of the actual launch event, though. It's probably one of the most cringy things I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> I don't know if you did watch that, but it was, yeah, it was something to behold. I feel like no, I have I to watch it now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was basically David Coulthard reading off cue cards, and there was a whole fashion show because they launched their fashion mm. range at the same time they unveiled the car, and it was just those like Euro dance music. It was that it was fantastic <laughs> and horrible in one go. Oh um, gosh, yeah. So not impressed with the launch, but there's still a team I'm rooting for, and I mm. I just want them. I want Gasly to have a whole season being re-energized this year because after last year, that second half he just came alive. So yeah. yeah, and the Definitely. Netflix documentary absolutely added to that sentiment massively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a- a- another part. Well, I mean, I-, I know Mark, you've not finished the second season of the documentary yet, but um, I think the Haas things come up for you by now. The uh, Rich Energy. Yes. So <laughs> William Story was he what, episode three, maybe? I think but, so. Yeah. yeah. But at, at least twenty twenty, they're not starting with him and all of that drama. <laughs> So they're back to their north, to their usual colours and not the uh, the gold and black this year. So absolutely, and, and and part of me thinks that's a shame because the gold and black did look good. It did. It yeah. does bring back memories of seeing seventies cars. You know, mm. not that I saw them at the time, but I've I've seen them since. And you sort of think, you know, you look back to those um, JPS Lotuses. Um, sorry, I'm mm, looking yeah. over here. I've got a couple on display, <laughs> but um, um, you Here's know, it is. <laughs> brilliant but um i don't know if you've been keeping an eye on twitter and and the official channel since we've been talking I but have, um yeah. the curfew has been lifted only <sighs> six teams have turned up oh really? um, yes ferrari mercedes and renault team haven't turned up to the circuit oh and obviously God. there's no mclaren they've also delayed the opening of the gates to the crowd interesting Ooh, intriguing so that's okay. that's odd. So I mean, they, they've not turned up yet. So there's still the potential that those those teams could turn up, I suppose. Or have they actually said they're not coming? They haven't said they're not coming. Right. They just haven't turned up. They, they, <laughs> um, yeah. They could be waiting for a word for you know, like official word that it's going ahead or not. I suppose. And 
that they don't want to risk it if it's not going to go ahead to turn up but absolutely yeah I mean, by the time this podcast goes out, it'll obviously be clear to everybody so that people will be listening back to the drama of us kind of speculating of what's going on and it'll all be uh, sorted out. But I I don't know. Do you know what? Part of me really still wants it to go ahead only because it's going to be the first proper live um, F1 event that I'm going to watch. So there's that to it. But I, I mean, I do understand how serious the coronavirus is. So it's it, it is it's a difficult it's going to be a difficult call for me i think either way they go it's it, it'll be fine but i think I, I don't know what i think at this point i i, I just I, I think i just want them to make a decision <laughs> i want them to let us know what's actually happening and that would be uh that would be great agreed uh, you know at the moment imagine being down in the public waiting mm. for the gates to open yeah right now and imagine how you would feel if they turn around 45 minutes an hour later and say do you know what we're not going to open the gates it's not going to go ahead yeah especially i mean they're not all just going to be people from australia I mean, you know if you if you live down the road it's kind of so it's all right it's not great you're a bit bit cranky but if you've come all the way from the uk from america from wherever else you've come from and they turn you away at the gate it's like oh what what now <laughs> what do they do uh so if they do do that i, I hope they've got something planned for those people because uh, yeah I, I definitely i don't envy those people at the moment they, they they need something to make that situation right if it does happen but fingers crossed fingers crossed it doesn't yeah exactly no i mean there's something always quite magical about the australian grand prix and i know you said yourself it feels a bit selfish but yeah they're opening round, staying up late watching it or should i say staying up early um <laughs> It, yeah, it's something I, I've not done it in quite a few years, but going back to when I was watching sort of maybe seasons in the very end of the 90s, early 2000s, I was just laying in my bedroom, keeping the TV down really quiet so I didn't wake up my parents. It was always fantastic. Seeing new liveries, seeing how the teams performed, new drivers. So it would be a shame to be denied that, but mm-hmm. it's for the right reasons if that's what happens. I'm conflicted. I'm very conflicted. But we might have a really exciting Grand Prix with six teams, so who knows what the results are going to be. <laughs> well, that would certainly shake the, the, the start of the championship up, wouldn't it? You know, if there's there's no Mercedes or Ferrari. Uh, interesting that Red Bull are there, mm. based on based on what I've read. <laughs> I'm just I'm looking through Twitter at the moment while we're talking, and um, there's, a, there's a, in the last hour, which is when we've been recording, there's been all sorts going off. There's uh, basically. Um, it says here that reports the Australian Grand Prix have been cancelled are not accurate and the event will go ahead according to the chairman of the Australian GP. Um, so the organisers are wanting it to go ahead. Apparently F1 themselves, uh, the organisation, uh, don't want it to go ahead. So it sounds wow. like they're in locked horns at the moment <laughs> because I can understand why uh, the Australian the chairman of the Australian GP wants it to go ahead because for the reasons we've just kind of said, of the people who are there, all you know, the, the money... Um, but I guess F1 and, as an organisation, it's going to look bad for them either way at this point, I suppose, and, really. And, and this is where they're probably arguing right now, actually, mm. in terms of who calls the race off, the promoters or Liberty, and mm. who picks up the bill. And that's probably why it's taking them so long, because there's a lot of money involved here. And the promoters are saying, nope, we want the race to go ahead. Mm. And... F1 are in this difficult position 
with, with uh, you know, and Liberty Media have have that decision to make is go ahead and run the race. You've already got one team that's pulled out, and you've got teams that seemingly haven't turned up at the track when it's opened for for curfew to be lifted and cars to be worked on. So. Um, if the race does go ahead, is it with all teams? Is it behind closed doors? It's got all of the hallmarks of a long protracted legal battle between the parties, mm-hmm. which probably wouldn't be resolved before next year's Australian Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I keep looking down at all these things and I don't know how accurate any of these are, but there's breaking news from motorsport broadcasting at F1 Broadcasting that um, somebody has confirmed on Five Live Sport that both Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen have flown home. So Kimi I don't care know anyway, if that's <laughs> accurate. Sorry? So Kimmy doesn't care anyway. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> uh, but Vettel flying home at least would 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 say that's not great. But that that's whether that's to be believed or not. I'm not sure. But yeah. Oh, it's all breaking news while we're recording. This is great. So you should, get a, you should get a job as a uh, news anchor, Andrew. You're doing a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> just reading out tweets. <laughs> I've just <laughs> seen. <laughs> what a scoop. Um, Actually, I've got a question for Mark, actually. I'm going to put you on the spot a bit here. Um, how do you think Bernie would have handled this? Um, <laughs> so, Bernie Bernie loved the money, didn't he? He did. Um, but at the same time, Bernie was always very good at keeping everyone happy. Um, I think he would have called the race off. Um, yeah. And he'd have done it probably at the end of pre-season testing he would have also made decisions that would have said we're not rescheduling the races because we've got so many in this year we've got no gaps really to put them in um you've lost the race this year sorry about that here's a few million quid it sounds like a spot on actually it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that sounds that does sound about right so i thought i'd ask you know <laughs> here's a character he was you know and and without him there probably wouldn't still be an f1 <laughs> um you know um for for all his faults and the fact that he was what 104 when he he got pushed out of the door um he, he, he you know what what he did from you know the 80s onwards for formula one saved it as a sport and and made it into the global sport that it is today and and made himself very rich. Yeah, very rich indeed. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm trying to think actually what much more there is to talk about at this point. Obviously, there's loads of news coming out at the moment, but we're not going to be able to keep up with it unless we stay on air all night. <laughs> um, Andrew, you can stay up if you want and just let us know. Um, just switch to a live podcast, yeah. <laughs> just jump back on and carry on recording. It's 2 a.m. Um, yeah, so I think at this moment we just have to kind of um, sit this so one that- out and wait. Absolutely, I think let's let's put ourselves on the spot before we close, though, and let's let's make some predictions for whatever amount of the season goes ahead. So, who are your top three drivers going to be in World Championship, and who do you think will win the constructors' championship? Andrew, go first. Uh, I mean. Up in my my top three would definitely be uh, Carlos Sainz, although I keep thinking, am I pronouncing that right? I am, aren't I? Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Um, 
so Carlos, because he's um, he started to do some amazing things and because I swoon every time I see him, so he's got to be in my top three. Um, also, I think it's it's a safe bet that um, that Lewis Hamilton will be up there, so he would be in my top three. And um, who would be my other one? Um, I, I think we might start to see good things from Alex Alban this year. Mm. Um, so I think he would be up there for me as well. Um, and constructor-wise, um, I, I feel like I want to say McLaren, even even though what's ha- you know what's happened already. But I'm yeah, I'm gonna st- screw it. I'm gonna go McLaren just because. <laughs> Excellent. In terms of actual standings, or just actually who you're rooting for. I mean, I'm rooting for them, but I'm, you yeah. know, this is my first one. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Ferrari or Mercedes, yeah. but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do a you, Rich. I'm going to do one that's a bit out there. Um, you know, McLaren, McLaren might take it this year. We'll see. That's, uh, that's, my, that's going to be my prediction. McLaren are going to take it this year. <laughs> what do I say? Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. My head will say, my head's going to go with, it's going to be Lewis. Bottas, Stappen, I reckon. I think it's going to be very predictable. Um, my heart would go with... I would love to think that you'd probably have a combination of uh, Gasly, Science, and... I want to say George Russell, but that's, that's completely... <laughs> even my heart can't say that. Um, I'd have to say Lando. Yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. Constructor... So think- Sorry, yeah, my head says constructor would be um, Mercedes because, yeah, of course, in my heart, definitely McLaren. Brilliant. Yeah. So I think head is, it's Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas in that order. Um, And the reason is that I know that Max has been around a bit. He's got a bit of experience. Hmm. Um, I think he'll have a very good car this year. I'm not sure how he would cope with the pressures of leading or being in a championship battle year long. Um, He's still young. He can still be temperamental. And, you know, Hamilton Hamilton, can almost do it in his sleep in terms Mm -hmm. of dealing with with that sort of stress. So um, uh, that's where my my head is. My heart, um, I'd like to see Leclerc win it. Um, mm. completely honest I've been a fan of the red team ever since Mansell moved there <laughs> um, and probably always will be um, it would also be good to see Danny Rick and one of the McLarens or Williams is up there um, but uh, you know that's not going to happen so um, and, and constructor wise I can't see beyond Mercedes um, <laughs> but it would uh, would be nice to see either a, a, a McLaren or Williams resurgence but again that's not going to happen um, mm. you know it's it's very hard to to look beyond the silver arrows for both titles again this year ah, boo. <laughs> I'm done I'm checked out now I'm so I remember there was a time I got bored of McLaren being at the top and that was really only like a two-year period <laughs> and at the time it felt like forever and if only I knew like need what 20 years later it'd be just oh, such a long run with Mercedes uh, I think you know we, we, we've gone through long periods of Ferrari dominance. We've we've mm-hmm. gone through a period where Red Bull had a significant run of 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 championship wins. It's 
they never felt the same as these Mercedes ones, and and mm. and I can't put my finger on what the ingredient is that makes this different. And actually, you know, I wasn't fussed that Red Bull were winning all of the time. It actually mm. didn't bother me. It didn't bother me when Ferrari were winning all of the time. But when Mercedes have done it, that there's just something that that. I can't put my finger on to say why I don't like it, um, and 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 that's that's made the last couple of seasons feel a bit odd. Um, but uh, you know, every, every every start of the season I go in with fresh hope that there's going to be one or two teams at least give them a good fight. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I just hope whoever does break the streak isn't Ferrari. <laughs> when it when the time does come, I really want a team that out of nowhere just ends that dominance but I can't even decide who it's going to be realistically I mean probably Red Bull I imagine yeah um, yeah probably um, but again I, I'd kind of like to see a team come really from nowhere I'd, I'd like to see you know Renault come from nowhere and, and, and really surprise everyone you know we've, we've not seen a team take anyone by surprise since Braun really True. Um, you know I, Haas have had a good couple of races over the last few years especially in Australia um, never quite pulled off the results that you think they were going to and don't seem consistent enough um, would be a good story but again can't see that happening so um, I can't see Force India sustain oh, it's not Force India is it <laughs> it's just the pink Mercedes it's fine I, I, I can't see the pink Mercedes coming through because they are a pink Mercedes. Um, so, um, uh, and likewise, you can't see Alpha Tori being better than, than the senior Red Bull team. So, it, it doesn't really leave anyone, does it? No, not at all. I guess I can only assume it's going to be a new team sometime in the future, whoever they are, whether it's uh, never manufacturer or hopefully another independent team but that's probably unlikely I think it'll be interesting to see how the 2021 regulations go for a couple of years and the budget caps and that might entice more constructors be it independents or even manufacturers back in Um, but they're not going to jump in straight away they're not going to spend you know that the regulations haven't been fully defined yet so you know you're not going to get a new entrant in because they needed to have spent money over the last couple of years getting ready Mm. Um, yeah you know um and you know red bull maybe they will follow through on their threats and 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 actually pull out (laughs) you know it's it's something we hear sort of year in year out come the summertime isn't it um, when things aren't going their way, no, they do. They do get a bit stroppy, but <laughs> but yeah, okay. I think that's pretty. I think we're pretty good. I think. I think for now, like I said, I think we just need to wait and see, and then uh, maybe come back and collect our thoughts if, when this race does happen, and uh, see mm. where we stand. So, who's top of the pile out of the uh, the six teams that run the race? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, thank you guys. It's been really fun. Um, I'm glad we did this, and definitely, let's definitely do it again. Absolutely agreed. So yeah, um, Mark, um, let's let the audience know where can they find you when they're not listening to you on this very podcast. 
They can find me over on the Twitter at original underscore PMF. Thank you very much. Lovely. And, and Andrew, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Osmond84. And I'll just say as well, you can find me and Rich and also Steve, a different trio, um, over at Dreamcast Years as well. Lift the video games out of this. Come on, it's a different genre. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hear you have a book as well. <laughs> I, I do. Um, you can't buy it at the moment, but I do have a book. So. There will be a race. There will be one F1 game and they're released as well, I think. So that's good. It qualifies. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at, I almost forgot for a second, at Dreamcast Barber. <laughs> so, yeah, no, thank you very much, guys. It's been awesome. And um, yeah, we'll see you again soon after the fingers crossed Australian Grand Prix. See you soon. See you soon. Not even an hour after recording this podcast, uh, we found out from F1 that, in fact, the Australian GP is cancelled. <laughs>